We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everyone, welcome back to another BuzzBeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and I'm joined by Lee today as we break down a preseason basketball game. Uh, we are back into the swing of things here, and the season is upon us as the Hornets took on the Thunder tonight. We're recording this, technically speaking, with about two minutes left in the game. Garbage time started pretty much at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and uh, not many notes came from that quarter. Lee, how's it going? Long time, no speak. I know. No, it's great to be back. It's great to have some actual Hornets basketball on the, on the tube. I feel like this is uh, this is like one step above summer league. You know, we ac- we actually got to see like three quarters of the starters. I-, I felt like Lamella was out there a little bit too long, but that's probably just my like nervousness setting in. Um, uh, but but yeah, I, I, we're cheating a little bit. The game is still going on, but look, you know, we got we got bedtimes to adhere to at some point. Exactly, exactly. If you guys are listening to this for the first time or you haven't done so, we'd really appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcast. And just speaking, uh, moving forward, our Washington Wizards Southeast Division podcast will actually come out uh, tomorrow. So you'll get uh, back-to-back podcasts here. So, Lee, when it comes to preseason basketball, what what is it that you look for? Because clearly it can't be the, the wins and the losses. For me, a lot of times it's specifically like any player that has like a new role or new skill that they're trying to develop from a team point of view. I know Borrego might experiment with some things. So sometimes what you see in the preseason doesn't always translate over to the regular season. Do you look for rotations? Like what is it that you look for in preseason basketball just in general? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always interesting to, to kind of look at individual players, particularly the younger players on the roster uh, again, you, you probably shouldn't be gleaning any like super meaningful conclusions from these games, but I, I think like just to get it out of the way early, I did think Lamelo Ball looked fantastic tonight. Not only his stat line, which was which was 
pretty darn good. I think 15, five and six, but just the way he was moving some of his defensive anticipation stuff that was showing through already that we talked about last year, obviously he had a couple kind of, uh, I guess kind of like iconic Lamelo, like full court passes. Now I, I, I know he's only been in the league for a year and a day, a year and a game, but I feel like that is kind of one of his, uh, one of his kind of go-to um, moments already are these long, long court passes. He threw one to Gordon Hayward at the end of the second or into the first half. But yes, rotations are always interesting. Bridges starting over Washington, I think, is worth maybe touching on just for a second. Also, I think just kind of offensive continuity, ball movement, chemistry mm-hmm. is worth watching a little bit. Um, 24 assists uh, so far. There's still a couple seconds left in this game, but 24 assists on 42 field goals, pretty solid. I felt like the ball was popping around pretty well. Yeah, the team is still playing with pace. Like, you're, you're seeing that, those full-court passes. You know, it's a little bit more subdued, I feel like, in the preseason. And maybe they're actually just trying to play a little bit more under control. Uh, I don't have the turnover numbers in front of me, but... I think in general, that's something that um, obviously you're going to try to want to limit because that's something that the Hornets did have a hard time controlling at some points, but that's just natural with the way that they play. So, and and speaking of the pace with LaMelo Ball, you know, pushing the pace and, and setting the tone there as the point guard position, I think both you and I recognize that Ish Smith also, <laughs> you know, just coming in and, and setting the tone with his backup point guard position, I think... When you look back on the offseason and you realize, okay, we're trading Ish Smith coming in and Devontae Graham coming out in that backup point guard position, um, you know, maybe, you know, from a, you know, just from a personal standpoint, maybe you think Devontae Graham is a better player, but I think you could maybe make the argument that Ish Smith is going to fit in just as well, if not better, with that with that role that he's having in the backup point guard position. He's just fun to watch. He pushes the pace. Um, He's going to get defenders on their heels. He's experienced, obviously. He's a veteran that's played on many, many teams. Uh, And I I think Charlotte's really going to love him and the way that they can use him and and give LaMelo a break. But he's going to be a guy that distributes the ball. He's not going to be asked to score the ball a ton. I feel like Charlotte's just going to be pretty fine in that backup point guard position. And Ish Smith, again, it's one game, but I love what I saw from him tonight. Yeah, I I was kind of just looking back at the box score. It it felt like he played a lot more than 10 minutes, but that's what they've got him logged as. Honestly, I think probably anywhere from like 12 to 15 minutes probably is the sweet spot for him. Obviously, you don't want to keep – Lamelo off the floor too too much, but I, I am right there with you, Richie. Like watching Ish Smith tonight was fun. I mean, he obviously has kind of made his name in the NBA as a like a very very serviceable rotation point guard. He's still incredibly quick, even as as kind of a veteran guard. You know, he he is a little longer in the tooth. But he's, he's just a massive upgrade from, like, in my opinion at least, from, like, the Wanamaker types, kind of these journeyman, third third guard type guys. Ish Smith is just, to me, like, a, a legitimate backup point guard. He's, he's really better than kind of these third guard plug-and-play guys that Charlotte seems to have kind of tried to – tried to find over the last couple of years with with uh, with little to no success to your point obviously he's he's nowhere near the shooter that Devonte Graham is 
but he does bring an awesome change of pace when we do need to rest, rest LaMelo at times and stretches, or as a young player, LaMelo could get in foul trouble here and there. So definitely liked what I see saw from Ish Smith, uh, you know, his, his kind of hesitation crossover move that he has. Um, it's one of those things where I think defenders know it's coming and it doesn't really matter because he's just so twitchy quick um, and always has been, so, you know, going back to his Wake Forest days. Um, obviously, he's got a really nice kind of like mid-range pull-up jumper as well. Not much of a three-point shooter. But from an offensive kind of just motion standpoint and backup uh, point guard duties, I, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic on the fit as early as it is. <laughs> Yeah, and the reason I say fit, obviously Devontae Graham has the long-range, deep gravity that he has from behind the arc. Ish Smith is a guy that can get into the paint, and he collapses the defense with his speed. And with the way that the Hornets play with their unselfishness and, and making the extra pass, drive and kick, drive and kick, swing the ball around the perimeter, and either get an open shot from behind the arc or get a, a cutter that's coming in, I think that's going to fit perfectly with the way that Ishmith plays. Devontae Graham, uh, he had a hesitancy trying to get into the paint and, and score at the rim just in general. Um, I, I think the gravity, obviously, is something that Ishmith cannot replicate, but I, I think in terms of the ball movement, Ishmith is going to be right there uh, in terms of creating open looks for uh, all the teammates. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of new teammates with Ish Smith, what were your thoughts on Kelly Oubre and uh, Plumley? I, I think both of them kind of felt 
underwhelming, uninvolved. I mean, Ubre missed like his first like three or four shots of the game. Plumlee, I don't, I don't think he took a shot from the field, and he was just more of like a screener, passer, rebounder type of guy. So th- those two to me, and then Ubre, uh, if you didn't watch the game, he went out with an injury. I don't know the severity of it by any chance, but they, th- these two just didn't feel like they were all that involved, you know, just from the eye test. No, they didn't. I mean, in terms of kind of the uh, the veteran additions, Ish seemed to uh, kind of slide into a comfortable role quicker than those two. I mean, Pumley didn't score. Um, he he, I, I, like you said, I'm not even sure he had a shot attempt. He he did go up for a shot and get an offensive foul. So I don't even think that's like logged as a field goal attempt. <laughs> but you know, he he was a little. There was there like. Okay, he did make one really good open floor pass to Miles Bridges for a dunk, cut, yeah. but then, but then the very next or maybe the second to next play, he grabbed a rebound and kind of tried to push it into the front court and ended up throwing it away. So I think there's going to be a little give, bit of give and take there. Miles, or sorry, Mason Plumley is a solid passer. But with the playmakers we have on this team, like when he's grabbing defensive rebounds, I'd much rather see him get it to LaMelo ball and, and, and rim run rather than trying to actually dribble up the length of the floor. So, you know, I, I think for those two, it's certainly going to be a work in progress. Ubre seemed to, at least early in the game, I think him and Hayward actually were out there together a little bit, but it seemed like him and Hayward were kind of flopping in and out there for each other. For, for the majority of the first half. You know, Ubre's never been a fantastic shooter during his career. Right. I'm kind of hopeful that the ball movement and the way that the Hornets play that you kind of spoke to earlier lends to him taking better shots and being a better shooter in Charlotte. That wasn't the case tonight. He definitely bricked a few. And I really just want to see him get involved more as like an off-ball cutter, and that wasn't super evident tonight either. So... Um, yeah, not not a great first, I guess, debut for either Plumley or Ubre, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like we're highlighting the highs, but then we're just kind of dismissing the lows. Yeah. Oh, of course, it's pre. You know, it's it's the preseason and summer league rule. Yeah. It's like Ish was awesome, which means he's gonna be awesome. Ubre and Plumley were a little underwhelming. Just we just gotta time. give him a little time, Richie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, can I can I tee you up real quick because I, I I have to hear you talk about your boy McDaniel's tonight because he was he was kind of awesome. That's funny. I was getting ready to mention him and PJ, but yeah, Jalen McDaniel's. I've been saying this since the off season in terms of his role and you know how how he's going to play on this team, regardless of what they did in free agency and what they did in the draft. I always thought that his role on this team should be quote unquote significant. You know, get. A healthy amount of minutes because I think what he does is not nothing like special by any means like he's a great cutter he's a great role player he's a great you know scrappy player that gets some of those rebounds and loose balls and stuff like that and we saw that again tonight the fourth quarter he didn't look as great but I think with the the team that he was playing with I, I think the fourth quarter was just kind of like let's see if we can just eat out the clock take some bad shots it was not something pretty to watch but overall I thought Jalen McDaniels was great he had a play where he cut baseline for an alley-oop I think it was for Mish Smith as well yep, sure is. so like that that's something that he always has had a knack for in terms of timing his cuts finding the gaps in the defense 
and it feels like people forget about him, which obviously he's not that great of a player on the ball yet, and maybe that's something that he never develops. But, yeah, I think he's a guy that needs to see significant minutes this year at the three-slash-four position. And then defensively, he's very active as well. So he, he's a two-way player. The only thing that I think that is very lacking on his end is just the fact that you put the ball in his hands. He's not really going to know what to do. So just get him in spot-up situations, get him in cutting situations. And we saw that for the most part tonight. But I, I love watching him play. And uh, Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. uh, 12, 12.7 rebounds nice. tonight okay. in 23 minutes. And it, that was a perfect summary. The only thing I would add that I thought was a little bit interesting, it did seem, and again, how, how much can you draw from this? But from a rotation standpoint, it did seem like he was higher in the pecking order than Cody Martin was in this game, which is yeah. potentially kind of a – uh, you know, decoupling from last year where it seemed like Cody was getting more of the nod at times, which I would be in support of McDaniels kind of getting a chance to prove himself over Cody Martin in the rotation this year. Agreed. I kind of assumed that that was going to be the case this year. Time with Cody Martin seems to be running out and, uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, he's he's very situational type of player because his offensive side of the game just is not existent. Uh, P.J. Washington, I want to mention, and then if you have any other players that you would like to touch upon before sure. we start to wrap. P.J. Washington, me, I keep I keep calling him the swing player in terms of mm. you know how well this team can perform this season. I think it's going to rest a lot on how well he does. I think his second season, in my point of view, maybe people don't view it this way, but in my point of view, I thought PJ was a little bit inconsistent. He had his ups and downs. I thought he looked really solid from behind the arc, pick and pop like he always does. And then an area for improvement for PJ has been uh, at the rim. And I thought he finished a couple of drives at the rim. I think he even had like a Euro step finish in the second quarter. It wasn't the prettiest. It was kind of slow moving, but he finished. This guy has all the capabilities of putting together a great third season. And he is that swing player, if you want to call him, for this team. He just needs to be more consistent at the rim and just more consistent overall on offense. Because uh, from night to night, it, it seems like he had a lot of ups and downs last year. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that PJ came off the bench tonight. Um, but the more I thought about it, you know, I kind of like it. I mean, because then, you know, you start Plumley more of the traditional center, obviously. Bridges started at the four, who Bridges just looked tremendous tonight. I, I, I tweeted a joke, yeah. you know, I tweeted a joke like, Miles Bridges has conservatively dunked the ball 19 times tonight. I mean, it felt like every other play, he was just slamming one in. He even looked like a little more filled out to me, Miles Bridges, tonight from a from like a physical frame standpoint. Some of the off-the-ball stuff that you talked about a ton last year, Richie, was, was evident again tonight. I, you know, I know we've talked about him ad nauseum and like – I've made it very clear that I feel like the Miles Bridges player development story is probably the second biggest deal behind, of course, LaMelo Ball this season. Thought Bridges awesome. But to get back to my original point and the PJ talk, him coming in as this first sub off the bench, getting Plumley out, and then immediately going to that PJ at the five, Miles at the four lineup, I think is a really nice tool, I guess, in, in, in Borrego's toolbox to play if he wants to keep doing that. And then and then um, the only other thing I would say is like, I mean, PJ shot 38% from three last year. He shot the ball well. Correct. Yeah. 
he did look incredibly confident shooting the ball tonight, like zero hesitation. And I think even Spencer tweeted out something to the effect of how he looks like he's in better shape at the start of this preseason than he did at the start of the year last year, which I think is a, a, an intelligent observation and true. And it might, it might be a low bar though. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's yes. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> an improvement <Yeah>. nonetheless. <laughs> we talked about this at the beginning, like what you look for in preseason. And, and one thing that we did mention was rotations and a guy that you seem to love more than others is Nick Richards. Mm. And love might be a strong word, but you, you <laughs> like Nick Richards more than you probably like Vernon Carey Jr. And we didn't see Kai Jones until the fourth quarter, so he was not a part of this like backup center rotation until garbage time. So do you read into that at all, like Nick Richards playing more than Vernon Carey Jr.? Or I guess Vernon Carey Jr. didn't play at all, I guess is really what it yeah, comes down to. Carey Jr. didn't enter the game. I, I honestly, even though I am biased towards Richards and have preferred him over Carey, I wouldn't read too much into this. And the only reason I say that is because it seems like Borrego and the staff have pretty consistently kind of – alternated opportunities with those they two did guys. that in summer league yep totally and and even at times last year so I, I i think what that should tell us is like that the staff has not come to any strong conclusions over which one is better than the other either if we're going to be optimistic about kai jones i think the theory would be that eventually this season maybe maybe he can overtake those two guys as kind of your roll the dice, give a chance to a young big as the, as kind of the third big behind, behind Mason and, and PJ. But because of all the wing depth we have with Ubre, McDaniels, Bridges, Hayward, PJ, like there's a ton of lineup configurations for this team to where they wouldn't necessarily need a third big, I think, in a lot of situations. That being said, no, I wouldn't read too much into it. I thought Richards was okay at best tonight. He had a couple decent moments and then a couple really bad turnovers. And and then, of course, you know, Kai is just – he's just a – you know, he's wet behind the ears. He's a young pup. It's going to take him a, a quite some time. So, yeah, that, that's kind of – I guess that's kind of my thoughts from a rotation standpoint. The only other thing I think that is probably worth mentioning – is uh book night. You know, I thought, I thought he had some nice moments before we get out of here right. he, again. Like, I think he's going to look so much better in transition than he is in the half court, uh, particularly earlier and early in this season. Uh, I thought he still missed a couple kind of like easy pick and pops that he, that he probably should have just gave it up rather than kind of trying to uh, go off the dribble. But he, he had an awesome and one kind of body control finish at the rim. He had a great steal in the backcourt. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he pops at times. And so he's definitely, definitely need to keep monitoring book nights progress. Cause as we've talked about, like he, he's the rookie that we hope can, you know, actually contribute in the rotation this year. Yeah. And we technically, I mean, like he's like our backup shooting guard, right? Like there's not right, really another right. shooting guard on the roster outside of Rozier, uh, who we really didn't talk about here on the pod, but yeah, you know, James Booknight, if you look at his stat lines tonight, obviously he played into the fourth quarter. So he got some opportunities to score more points, but he actually led the team in points with 20 points tonight. Yeah. Five of those coming from the line, which is a good sign. Uh, seven of 12 from the field. 
And to your point, he actually had three steals tonight, which is great, which I think was a team high as well. So I'll probably share my thoughts a little bit more on James Booknight as we progress through the preseason and as we get into the beginning of the regular season. Like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we will have a Wizards preview pod coming out tomorrow. And then we will definitely have like a Hornets preview pod before the regular season starts. So thanks again for tuning in. For Lee, I am Richie. We will see you guys next time.